0: Episode 266 Bonus Edition Interview with Becca Silver Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher trainer and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're gonna hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Welcome to the Always a Lesson Summer Interview Series. I've asked some very special guests to bring their wisdom to you all throughout May, June, July, and August. Connecting you with other elite educators is one of my favorite parts of this job as a teacher leader and podcaster. The insight that you are going to gain from these conversations is going to prepare you to hit the ground running during the back-to-school season, but more importantly, it is going to reignite your passion and your potential as an educator. Are you ready to level up what you bring to the table and how you serve those you lead? Then buckle up and let's go. Y'all, it's Gretchen from Always a Lesson. I am here to empower you, helping you reach your potential, and you know what? I call you elite. I truly believe it takes someone who is elite to spend time like this, listening to a podcast, learning different strategies and tools to become better. Not everybody does that. So you are for sure special. And I'm so thankful you're investing in yourself by listening to this episode today. And in fact, it's a special episode. It's an interview with a friend of mine, Becca Silver, and she has such an amazing mission in education. And you're going to hear all her passion when she speaks about it. And we'll give you all the details. But before we dive into our conversation, I want to tell you a little bit more about her. So Becca's the founder and CEO of The Whole Educator. She is, as you'll know, highly energetic and knowledgeable trainer who approaches leadership development with transformational coaching skills and strategies. She's a former educator, instructional coach, live coach, executive coach, all the things. Her training programs and customized one-on-one coaching work focuses on fostering teacher buy-in bridging the knowledge gap between leadership and staff, and increasing teacher effectiveness and retention. So she is amazing and obviously an elite educator. Let's tune in now. Well, hey, Becca, thanks so much for being a guest here on the Empowering Educators podcast. Thank you. I am
1: excited to be here. And I love, love, love the name of this podcast. I'm all about empowering people.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it is necessary, one, in our profession, but two, and you'll share your story, I know, but there are hard times as educators and, and we just need somebody who's been there, who gets it, who can tell us, hang on, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You got this. Yes.
1: And really embracing empowerment and not toxic positivity. Mm.
0: Amen to that. We'll dive in <laughs> later because that's got, that'll unravel quick. Uh, we have <laughs> folks at call Elite Educators. They are listening around the world right now. They're just excited to hear your journey and how you're impacting educators. And of course, want to connect with you. So I'm going to dive right in. If you'll start by just sharing how our two paths even crossed.
1: Yeah, well, we met at a conference, at a coaching <laughs> conference uh, in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. Whoop whoop. Um, yeah, it was an amazing, it was like this beautiful conference where it was like part retreat, part mm-hmm. conference, mm-hmm. And, and it snowed. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. it's, yeah, so we, we met there. And um, gosh, I think you you were kind of at a table with your books,
0: mm-hmm. right? You know,
1: we chatted about your book, and I'm writing a book. And we talked a little bit about that. So, so yeah. And we happen to live in the same city.
0: I know this is crazy. <laughs> like what are the odds? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and we kind of knew of each other prior yeah. to the conference. So it was cool to, you know, this virtual world, you rarely meet people in person. So it was cool to do that too.
1: It is very, very much like I'm a a little
0: bit of a fangirl of yours. And so I was like, (laughs) ah,
1: in the flesh and not, not, not a meme. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Can you tell us what you're doing now, but also walk us backwards? Where did it all begin for you in the classroom and how you got to what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, I'd love to do that. So I was teaching for 10 years and just some tidbits about my, my teaching, uh, experience. I taught almost all the grade levels, pre K through sixth grade. And in that journey of the 10 years, I taught abroad for three of them. And I taught in, uh, South America for a year. And then two years I taught in East Africa. That's
0: crazy. In Tanzania. I love it. Any takeaways yeah. from there before you yeah. keep going? Oh gosh.
1: Um, you know, some big takeaways from my time in Tanzania teaching. I taught at a a private international school and I taught, um, I taught in English. People think, Oh, did you teach English? No, I was teaching in English at a British school. And um, we, our electricity would turn off at some point every day. And you kind of learned and like the toilets would sometimes work (laughs) and you kind of learn like these first world conveniences that we have. And that we assume that we'll have in school, and it just was so interesting teaching at a, a school, and it, it was very little technology because the electricity would go out all the time, mm. and and really kind of going to the basics. And I and I was like, yes. And it was what was interesting for me is I came back to the states. Everyone had gotten, I left with a a flip phone. (laughs) I came back, everyone got a smartphone and a smart board. And it was just, it was honestly, it took a year for me to really transition. And I can see, I just, I can value teaching totally without technology and I can totally get the benefit and value of teaching with technology. So I don't know. I think I really learned to value strip down teaching.
0: Mm, and I think, and this is I've always preached this to teachers I coach, and now the coaches I'm coaching. You can be a great teacher doing the bare minimum as long as you do the bare minimum well. You don't need all the shiny objects. You don't need all the different tech and all the different tools. They can enhance instruction, but sometimes it's almost overly distracting, especially if it's not being even utilized correctly. And so if you can do the basics well, you can still be an amazing teacher. And I think that's exactly what your journey proved is you can do it without it. It sure is a lot more fun when you have access to stuff, but great teaching is great teaching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) <laughs> and then so after you came back, then what happened?
1: Yeah. So then I, I taught for a few years back here at Will in Charlotte and then I left the classroom and I became a coach at a school and at the same time I became a life coach and I started to see a bunch of crossover skills between Mm. life coaching and instructional coaching. And I actually tried to keep them separate. I was like, no, 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 like stay in your lane, Becca. (laughs) You're here for instructional coaching at school. And then I started getting life coaching clients. And so I was seeing them and I was like helping them outside of school. And it wasn't teachers. I was just working with clients. Mm. And, And I realized, man, that mindset work that I'm doing with, my clients could really help my teachers. And so I started bringing it into my coaching. And it was like, so transformative. I mean, overnight teachers were getting remarkably better.
0: You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because in the mastermind, I work with these coaches and a lot of the issues, yeah, they're educational related. And we can talk through like logistics. But if you dig deeper to the root of a lot of, these issues, it has mm-hmm. to do with mindset or their own perception of their self or confidence. And so I can totally see how what you're saying, life coaching, helping that person just become a better version of themselves helps fix then whatever the band-aids are that they've been trying to fix on the education side. So you're kind of like this double weapon. I like it.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's At the source of a lot of ineffective behaviors um, is most of the time a mindset issue. Mm-hmm.
0: And so now you are predominantly doing this? Yes. Yeah, so now
1: I train coaches in the kind of discoveries that I made in those crossover skills. So I've created a curriculum and in as my business, the whole educator, um, I go out and I work with instructional coaches and teaching them to incorporate mindset work and motivation work with teachers to actually get at the source of what's happening and not have some band-aid strategy that will just have the behavior keep recurring
0: Mm, that is so good um are you staying locally in your work or are you doing some virtual stuff to get into other states
1: I do. Yeah, I do a lot of virtual stuff. Uh, So and I do work in person in different states. And then I do a lot of virtual work. I mean, especially since the pandemic and everything shut down, it was like that's how I could access people. And and what what was actually surprising to me was my mindset work is works perfectly fine over Zoom (laughs) and over, you know, just virtually as well as in person. And I personally always prefer to be in person. I like to get the vibe of what's going on. Um, But it it was totally effective over, you know, a computer as well.
0: And it made everyone else open up to the idea. I think some people are very closed off to virtual. They want to be in person or they want to do things locally or they want a buddy. And Mm -hmm. the pandemic kind of forced you to go out. So I'm noticing a lot more people being open to that, which is really cool.
1: It is very cool,
0: yeah. So, what would you say is the best lesson you learned as a coach of coaches?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, what is the best lesson I've learned as a coach of coaches? I think <laughs> coaches are really unique people in my eyes. Um, I think coaches tend to be um, previously excellent classroom teachers that got essentially promoted to coach. Mm hmm. And there's kind of a a type of person, (laughs) this person, you know, I'm going to kind of stereotype here, make a blanket statement. This type of person that becomes a coach is hardworking, is very smart, is a go-getter and was really excellent at teaching children Mm -hmm. and is not used to failing, (laughs) and struggling a lot. And so I just think one of my biggest lessons has been to really start to address a person. You know, the the thing that they're, part of what they're dealing with is struggling more than they maybe have ever struggled as a classroom teacher or have have struggled in a long time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, really having compassion for that transition to coach.
0: I think that's interesting. And then, you know, what stands out to me, too, is the whole educator. That's kind of when I think about the lesson you learn in this journey is like, I actually have to work on the whole person, not just their their role at the time. Um, so that's really, to me, a great takeaway that, you know, we are dealing with people and we need to be able to work with people first before we can get to the professional staff
1: that's exactly it and we want to be speaking to people's humanity and and that's not fluffy like I really Mm -hmm. want to point out right like I think some people like oh that's just fluff and it's like no actually we are all human beings and what's really interesting is there's I we're really coming around the corner to get the humanity of children and we talk about teaching the whole child right Mm -hmm. and what does that mean it means incorporating social emotional learning it means right like making engaging lessons. It means um, teaching growth mindset, right? All of that is teach- speaking to their whole humanity as children. And what we want to do is extend that to teachers too.
0: When you think about all the coaches that you've been able to work with, are there specific characteristics you notice that make them more effective than a peer that wouldn't have that characteristic?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, I, th- I said some earlier, like they're, they're the figure it out people. Like they, they will, if, if they can figure it out, they will. Um, And so they, a lot of times they were excellent classroom teachers because they didn't just passively sit and wait to get the PD. Hmm. They invented the PD. They were researching it, right? They rose above kind of, you know, their peers in a sense. So that's definitely a characteristic that I've noticed um, I mean, they tend to be like really sharp <laughs> 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 and our love, love, love their content area. And so coaches tend to be, tend to be not always assigned to a content area, right? So you've got your reading coaches, you've got your math coaches. So these are people that have, or technology coaches that have really dug deep into a very specific content area, and and that's specialized knowledge. So they really have a large capacity for learning a lot of information.
0: Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think it definitely translates to effectiveness when you have those. If you were to give coaches uh, specifically a piece of advice, I mean, might not be about those characteristics, but something that would really help them be successful, what would your piece of advice be?
1: My piece of advice would be you, I'm going to speak straight to them now. (laughs) You came into the coaching role, having strong content knowledge and strong strategies, right? So, you know what you're teaching and you know how to do it in Mm -hmm. a classroom and you know, ways to pivot creatively to reach as many children as possible. Mm. The thing that you have not been developed in, is what I call human skills, is actually what research calls human skills. So it's your ability to influence and impact other people to actually create that knowledge transfer from you to them. And so what coaches end up doing is treating teachers the way they wanna be treated and not the way the teacher wants to be treated.
0: Oh, say that again for so the people I'm, I'm, in the back. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I'm, I'm going to speak straight to them. Don't treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Treat people the way they want to be treated. Yeah,
0: and you have to spend the time getting to know that answer. I mean, because yeah. you could do a survey and you can ask, but it isn't until you start building that relationship that you can really see it or that they trust you enough to be truly honest about how they want to be treated. And I've learned some folks don't hold good boundaries and they allow you to do things that hurt their feelings or put them in uncomfortable situations. I had a really shy coach one time and I was just loud and like, Hey, how are you today? I can't with that. You know, she was like, you're just a little intense. Um, I just want my space quiet. And I didn't get that from her for like the whole first quarter. I'm like, well, dang, I could have changed my behavior, you know, but that was her insecurity and her personality too. So yeah, I just encourage you all take that advice, but also spend the time building the relationship so that you can know the, the true answer behind that.
1: Mm-hmm. And also there is some skill to be built to sense when something's off. Hmm. Tell me about that. Right. So, so, you know during the pandemic i'll tell you this my experience working with teachers and coaches and leaders when i would say how can i support you they would say i don't know they had decision fatigue it was mm-hmm. like i i can't do you know can you tell me how you know so there is there is there's a need to actually develop the skill to start to figure out how to support people when they don't know and a lot of that skill comes in listening
0: and and listening to better understand than just to check it off. Like, okay, I exactly. gave them a chance to speak, but do you truly understand? Could you rephrase it in a way that they would agree you understand you got the gist? And exactly, if, if you're, I, I don't know if it's called mirroring or parroting, but when you're doing that and someone's like, well, then, you know, you didn't quite get it, you know, cause yeah. they're, they're still trying to expand on it. So yeah, that's a definite yeah. great strategy.
1: Yeah. It's called reflective listening.
0: Oh, um, and see, anyone there you
1: listening, go. Yeah. Anyone listening can Google it and you can get a bunch of sentence stems for it. Oh, perfect. And, um, and I want to say this about reflective listening is very powerful and everyone that is a coach or anyone that really reflective listening helps marriages. It helps oh, yeah. <laughs> your relationship <laughs> with your children. <laughs> it helps everything. Um, and a re- re- reflective listening is as much about what you say and what you're listening. It's it's actually number one. It's about how you're listening, you have to really focus on what they're saying, and then you say something like, "What I heard you say was," and it's about your way of being too. So you want to really come from authentically wanting to understand,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Um, and not just and not in order to manipulate or or to get it over with or <laughs> to make them do what you want them to do. It's really got to come from an authentic place.
0: And sometimes you know. If they can talk about it, they can move through it and get back to instruction. And and it's like a a block for them. They need to be seen. They need to be heard. They need to feel valued. And so even if you don't have a response or you don't care or it has nothing to do with you, that, that what did you say? Reflective questioning? Re- reflective like listening, listening. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can just help them get it out and get uh, on with it so that mm-hmm. they can be better. So pay attention to those folks who could just really, and it's not always venting for an ear. I think what you're mentioning is the way you interact in the conversation through prompts and stuff really allows them to to reflect and think, okay, get to the solution themselves through just the way you're listening, which is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, actually within my membership, one of my coaches recently, we were talking about all of the benefits of listening. And she said, for, and oh and the need to build relationships and and she authentic she said, you know, for some of them it's kind of hard, for some of her teachers it's kind of hard. And I said, "You know what? You're right. Some teachers, it is harder to build a relationship than others." Mm-hmm. And that is when you dig deep and you figure out something that authentically that you can appreciate.
0: I think that's so strong and so valuable. I just like the way you approach humans i mean you just have so much respect you know and like you just value them before they've proven they're valuable i think that's you just acknowledge that everyone has something to give which is really cool hey y'all popping in here real quick to remind you if you are loving the podcast hop on over to itunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review this helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered lots of love and thanks now back to the show. So I wanted to ask you, you, are, you spend a lot of time pouring in other people and being their mentor and coaching them up. Is there someone or a group of people you go to to also learn from and make sure you're staying up to date on the latest and greatest in education?
1: Yes. I actually currently have two coaches right now. Oh, cool. <laughs> Every coach needs a coach and I yes. have two. Uh, <laughs> I, go, I go in and out. I expand and contract with my coaches. I always have at least one. Um, these two coaches serve different uh, needs of mine. Um, and my friend group has actually gotten, I'm a big extrovert. So my whole life I've kind of had this large (laughs) group of people and Mm -hmm. all these people that I love, you know, and, and then I've in, in, as I have been coaching coaches and really needing to preserve (laughs) myself and, and feel Mm refilled. I, my friend group is a very specific chosen group of people that Mm. refills me as well. And they all have coaching skills. Um, and it's not to coach me, but to understand and have that solidarity.
0: That's awesome. How did you put this group of people together? You just, it
1: just, it kind of happened and it was like gathered one by one. And some of us have taken courses together and, um, we all kind of, as about five of us and we, yeah, we just, honestly, it's just been over the uh, probably the last
0: five or six years. How do you find the coaches specifically? Did you just do a Google search or recommendations in a Facebook group?
1: Gosh, let me think of my coaches right now. One of them was a recommendation from someone that I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one is a friend of mine. And we took a course a few years ago. And, and what I do for my co- coaches, as I, I, like I said, I go in and out of coaches. I don't have the same one for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, when I have specific needs... I will hire a coach for that need. And many times there's someone very specific that's very good at meeting that need. And so that's that's why it's them right now. And that then, makes sense. And I've had many, I've had at least, yeah, I've had at least 10 coaches in the past throughout the years that kind of flowed in and out according to the time in my life and what I need.
0: I think that's, what shows you know yourself well, because it's not about like, do I have a coach? It's do I have the right coach for what I'm going through right now? And to be okay to move on from that coach when you've mastered that, or you no longer are in need of that thing. And you find someone to help you with your next thing. And if we can teach everyone to be able to be that reflective and be an advocate for their own needs, I mean, gosh, everyone would be able to really grow and mature in the way that brings out the best in them.
1: Yeah, I think being self-aware is really powerful um, and important uh, for people to, you know, it's one of the things we were talking about, like, sh- you know, sharing with people how they how you need to be supported and also just sharing with people what you need. That's not it's not easy for me to do. Honestly, it's something I've had to grow and learn how to do. Mm -hmm. to sit and say, okay, Becca, what, what do you need? (laughs) And then to go and ask for it, you know, those are kind of two different skill sets. Gosh,
0: that is so true. You're right. (laughs) It's like, I know what I need. I don't know how to get it or where to get it. And yeah, Uh I I get that. Um, So thinking about being a coach and all that's required of that, Is there any one moment that kind of stands out as the all-star moment? I like to let everyone kind of brag on themselves because it's helpful for someone else to hear a success story and think, how could I use what I just heard in my own circumstance and kind of replicate success? So is there a moment that sticks out for you?
1: Oh gosh. I,
0: uh,
1: I don't know if this is my all-star moment, but there's, I'll share my aha moment. How about that? Yes, let's do that. My aha moment. So this is where I was, I was sharing that when I became a coach, I really tried to stay in my own lane. And so there's like instructional coaching is separate from life coaching. (laughs) Right. And I was trying so hard and and that that first year it was like a a bit of a struggle. And there was a teacher that I was coaching for the entire year And about three-quarters of the the way through the year, she was not making progress. And I was coaching her regularly. Mm. And here's the thing about this teacher. She wanted – she had asked for coaching. We had a great relationship. She had a great demeanor, (laughs) right? Like there was no resistance. I was going in regularly, working with her, modeling, co-planning, co-teaching. And she seemed to be getting it. I'd even have her show me. She seemed to be getting it. And then I would leave and come back. And she had made no progress. And we did this. And it was about three quarters of the year, and I had to, like, sit down with myself, like, oh, my gosh, she is not making any progress. Oh, gosh. This is a problem, right? And, um, and that's what my uh-huh, – I, I, and I knew it. I, and I knew it – I'm going to be honest. I knew it months before that there was a mindset issue. But I had my own mindset issue (laughs) that mindset didn't belong in instructional coaching. Mm. And so I kept it separate and it was like, I could no longer keep it separate. And so we had the most amazing coaching session where I had her discover, we kind of drilled down and discover what her underlying limiting belief was about herself. Mm. And she cried it was like a relief. It's a re- when when someone wants to get better and you can finally get at the source of it, it's a relief. And she we so we did a little mindset work together and then I sent her home to do some more mindset work <laughs> and she came back. I saw her the next week and her she smiled more that day than I'd seen her smile all year and she like she finally could start to get my co- and she also said, "She said my husband said I've returned to the woman that he first married." <laughs> oh my god. And the thing about the thing the thing about mindset work is it doesn't just impact per, your your profession, your job. And I see a lot of people try to keep very compartmentalized. My work's at work, my home's at home. Here's the deal: the way we think isn't just in one area. Typically, mm-hmm. the way we think about one area of our life, like our job is the way we think about all areas of our job, of our, of our life. Mm. And so it, it, when I coach people on mindsets, typically it impacts other areas of their life in addition to their ability to coach. Well,
0: right. So mm-hmm. I've,
1: I've had coaches, and this is also, I guess, another bragging thing. Uh, I've had coaches lose weight from the coaching <laughs> What? That I, the coach, yes, I give them coaching strategies and they lose weight. I I had someone lose 50 pounds. Oh my God. I'm not kidding you. Uh, I've had people start businesses from the coaching strategies I give them. I've had people, what else has happened that it's like, oh, people's marriages get better. People's relationship with their children get better. And this is not, I'm not here, I'm not life coaching them. <laughs> I'm coaching them how to be better coaches.
0: Hmm and it's, that's how mindset work works. Interesting. Yeah. It's so layered. Um, it but is. at the root of it, it makes sense. You're the whole educator. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Speaking of, I know you've got a podcast. That's the name of it, right? Yes. Yeah. It's called coaching the whole educator. Tell mm-hmm. me about it. why did you want to start it? What do you talk about? Give me all the details.
1: Oh my gosh. Um, yeah, I'm super pumped about this podcast. Um, So the podcast is for instructional coaches or any teacher leaders, anyone that supports teachers, as well as school leaders, literally any adult in the school building that uh, helps teachers improve or supports them in some way. This podcast is for you. Um, And it really, so my business, what I am actually, the difference I'm out to make is actually a movement and it's called the Mindsets and Motivations Matter movement, specifically Teacher mindsets and motivations matter movement. So we have this big conversation about children, right? That and we, we think their uh, their mindsets are important, and we teach them growth mindset, and we we want to motivate them and engage them, and we want to extend that to our teachers.
0: Mm. God, I love that. So where can we is it in iTunes? Is it on your website? How do we get it?
1: It is all over the place. It's an Apple Podcasts, <laughs> Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon. Sir, I, I try to get it in as many places as possible. So wherever you listen to podcasts, search for it. It's also on my website, but I just I try to make it convenient for folks. Like right. wherever you listen to podcasts, just search for coaching
0: the whole educator i'll make sure to put it in the show notes so that folks can listen and get caught up because it's good stuff okay and then you mentioned you have a membership if we want in on that what do we do first
1: Yeah. So the membership is really is also part of the movement. So it's about training coaches on uh, like how to impact, how to understand your own mindsets and motivations and how to impact educator mindsets and motivations. And there's concrete strategies in there and a beautiful community. And something that I I was really playing with the format of the membership. And I I created these self-paced modules that are about five minutes long. That's perfect. (laughs) For my busy, busy, busy coaches. That's another piece of my, the archetype of the coach, right? They're so busy. And so they're constantly thanking me for how short they are. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they're itty bitty mini modules. Yeah. So we can kind of put a link if you want in on it. It is $37 a month or 370 a year, which is about the same amount of money as a pair of shoes from Target.
0: (laughs) Of course, Uh we all got money for that. We love Target. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I think you're doing so much to give back to the profession, but you're also pouring into yourself too, so that you can continue to give back. And that's kind of the lesson I've learned in hearing you speak is we can't keep giving to others and helping them grow if we're not prioritizing ourselves and being self aware and taking time to reflect. Um, So I just I love your mission. And more importantly, I love your enthusiasm. So I'm so thankful that you were willing to share your story.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And I, I really want to encourage people to go beyond self-care. <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm not,
1: I'm not a, I'm I'm, I'm, not anti-self-care. I think self-care is important, but there's more that we want to be doing for ourselves and for other people beyond self-care.
0: Well, and I think sometimes self-care is like the top layer. Like it's just yes. to, to cool off, like just relax, um, disconnect, like pretend it didn't happen.
1: Right. But then when
0: you jump back in and you never really dealt with what the stressors were, then you're just bringing that baggage back with you. So it's not, it's not really helpful. So I like, I like that you are an advocate of self-care, but you got to do the work beyond self-care.
1: Yes, exactly. That's yeah, that's exactly. And I love the way you said that. It's almost like putting a pause button Like, you can have momentary relief with Mm -hmm. self-care, but it doesn't actually address the source of what's having you struggle or suffer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. All right. How can we connect with you? Where are you on social? Do you want people to email? What works best? Oh, uh, lots of ways. So let me list the ways. Um,
1: (laughs) Instagram is at the whole educator. Um, you can find me on Twitter if you're a Twitter person. Um, it's Becca Silver underscore EDU. You can email me, Becca at com. Gosh, what are other ways people find people these days? You can, oh, you can like check out my free facebook community which is the whole educator community Um, there's also a paid community for my membership that's super super supportive um, folks that post in there all the time
0: you're easy to find i think you've given them a lot of options to like (laughs) pick your poison which way you like to go becca's there waiting for you I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, on behalf of elite educators everywhere, thank you so much for your time. Um, I just want to encourage everyone to reach out to her because she truly is wanting to help. Easy to speak to, is non-judgmental, is super encouraging, and is going to leave you with tangible tips that you can implement right away. She's not just fluff. You know, she gets to the heartbeat of it, which is where the impact comes from. So, Becca, thanks so much for the work you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. This is really great. Yay. I'm so excited. I appreciate it. And it's always good to talk with you too. Yes. All right. Stay tuned guys for more from Becca. She, this is just the beginning. She's just getting started. Um, and I'm excited that she's part of this coaching community. So with that said, Becca, thanks so much. And we'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank you. Wow. Wasn't that an empowering message from Becca? And don't you just love her? I could listen to her talk all day about the dealing with the, what everyone is going through in the deepest levels, getting to the root, the human side of working with people. And she doesn't mess around, you know, she's going to help you get to the truth of it so you can move through it and become better. And it's amazing to watch her journey evolve and, you know, become more than what she probably even thought she would be as a, an instructional leader. And now she's just impacting the masses of people worldwide, which could be you. So make sure you, follow her on all the platforms, listen to her podcast, get in that Facebook group. That's all free. There's no reason for you not to get to know her and ask for her guidance and support. And if you're ready to really put yourself to the test and get in that membership and do the work and everyone you touch and work with will get better because of the work you do on yourself. I truly believe that. So Becca, thanks for being a guest. So happy to have you right in my circle right here in Charlotte, North Carolina. It is amazing to know you. Thanks again. For what you shared today. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's special edition interview podcast with Becca Silver. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered.